The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Shout out to New Day, N E U D A E, for the song Comb Over, a local band here in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we appreciate them letting us use their song as our intro this season. James, we're going to be focusing on your latest farm futures piece today, an Eastern League roundup, looking at some notable double A hitters. But first, I want to just touch on some notable prospect news. Uh, AJ Reed. Suffering a right hamstring strain, placed on the DL uh, down at AAA on Wednesday. What are the implications here? Just push back that ETA a couple weeks. You know, I, I don't think I think the the date might have been something that wasn't going to be affected by how well he was playing, but mm-hmm. more so just kind of a, a general date they sort of had in mind. And you know, now if if he if he doesn't come back until like the end of this month, they may give him like a, a few extra weeks just to get kind of in a, in a rhythm at the plate before they call him up. But I, I still think he'll be up in late June or early July. Yeah, rough news for our, our main event team. We need it. We need a bat like his. Yeah, we really to, to really kind of make up for for Tyler. Well, Tyler White's been bad. We I mean, have him. We might have to drop Tyler White. We probably should. We don't have him in our lineup right now, right? No. We have John Jaso at for or at the corner spot. We, we have Colton Wong in our util, which is not ideal. That's that's <laughs> pretty that's pretty thirty. That is, it is. 
uh, need that speed. We're chasing a little speed, and you know we got our other middle infielders really not deserving that benching. But no. Wong Wong deserved a benching. He got his, but he's <laughs> he's come around. He, he responded well to it. Tyler White. Uh, I wonder if he's going to respond to a, a cutting because that, that's that's uh, probably in the cards that's this upcoming on the horizon, period. definitely. Uh, well, yeah, we have, we have a lot of work to do in that league. Uh, finding a, a second closer is of utmost importance. Hopefully, we have our guy in Trevor May. I think May's the guy, man. Jepson just does not seem oh, intent on so sticking around the big leagues, let, our, let alone sticking in that closer role for Minnesota. So yeah, I know you're trying to get a new hashtag going DFA, <laughs> DFA Jepson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, really. I, you know, if anyone, anyone's watched him pitch recently, it's, it's kind of a, a joke to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, any, any team with a guy like Trevor May sitting back there in the, the eighth inning would be wise to, hand him the keys i think that's that's coming probably in a in a matter of weeks not months yeah i saw that he's like second among relievers and strikeouts only behind dylan batances pretty impressive and glenn perkins still a couple weeks away from even throwing a bullpen session so hopefully jepson blows something i think may should be picked up really in all r.i.p glenn perkins dfa kevin jepson (laughs) i like that tandem tag I uh, have to get that going, but let's dive into your latest Farm Futures piece. Again, Eastern League Roundup. Uh, looking at the hitters today, and J.P. Crawford's, a, of course, a big-name prospect at, at shortstop. Off to a pretty decent start, not hitting for a ton of power right now, but 406 on base. And you mentioned here that you really like what the Phillies, the, the route they've gone with him developmentally. Uh, what is it about, about the development path that you like so much? I, I just love the fact that they – kind of resisted the urge to push him to triple a to start the season they could have easily kind of pointed to the 86 games at double a last year and and said look hey it's triple a time but you know he's still just a 21 year old uh still has some parts of his game that aren't aren't where you would kind of like them to be when he gets to the big league so i, I kind of like what they did i mean you the you, there's there's plenty of examples of guys just kind of dominating initially at a level and then the team just being like all right he's ready for the next one kind of like what the twins did with with brian buxton and uh really like that the phillies are kind of taking it slow here i mean if i guarantee if crawford had come out first month and was just just killing it you know like 900 ops uh, clearly just too good for the level he'd already be at triple a mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of wanted to make him go back there and prove it before sending him to triple a and it, it turns out that there is some uh, parts of his game at the plate specifically in terms of making hard contact that he needs to work on yeah no i'm with you and you you kind of linked into a, a tweet here that he's making uh, a lot of at-bats revol- resulting in some kind of weak contact some infield fly balls but uh you have to like overall kind of what he's doing at, with the repeat at that level. But we talk a lot, James, about you know the difference between your fantasy, between your prospect ranks and prospect ranks you'll see on a lot of other sites, on non-fantasy sites, of course, MLB.com and others like that. But uh, And Crawford seems like a guy who would be lower in terms of on fantasy ranks typically, but you still have him pretty high. Is that because you see a, a pretty high floor with him? Yeah, I just I think that there's kind of no doubt that he'll be a kind of back half of the top ten in terms of shortstops once he once he gets here, and you know it does it's not that hard to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to be like better than Brandon Crawford, basically. Um, well, I do like, but which, yeah, it's no, not that high. Of I love Brandon Crawford. I mean, yeah. re- relative to what the initial offensive outlook was for him, I mean, he's definitely mm-hmm. surpassed that and then some, but. You know, Crawford's a guy that's going to just offer a very high batting average, a ton of runs scored, going to bat very near the top of that order. The problem is I just I don't see much more than, you know, if, if he were to go 15-15 in his peak seasons, I'd be pretty happy with that. If I was a Crawford owner, I would probably take that right now. Uh, you're not – I mean, there's probably a dozen – maybe more than a dozen guys that are behind him on that top 200 that I think you could argue have higher ceilings. Even at short. Yeah, know, even yeah, at the short at Crawford, than Crawford. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that floor, it's it's we're kind of in a down period in terms of 
minor league talent right now. I mean, a lot of it's reached the big leagues over the past calendar year, and I think you got to really kind of value guys with the high floor that are still in the minor leagues right now because there just aren't that many of them. Yeah, I think that's wise because, you know, it's interesting how the, the prospect landscape shifts a little bit with, you know, promotions uh, and graduations, but it's – and I think you kind of have to have your finger on that pulse and, and you know, kind of then – emphasize floor versus ceiling a little bit more but let's move on to david Dahl having an outstanding start down uh with the rockies hartford affiliate is it yeah yeah five weeks nine homers 288 average 383 on base uh have you get got a chance to get your eyes on on him so far this year yeah he's just he's really seeing the ball pretty well uh really kind of loading up for for power which is not something that he's shown a ton of. Like we always knew that there was the potential for like a five tool guy here, but you know, nine homers. I mean, it's, it's really one of the breakout stories of the entire minor leagues and definitely the, the breakout story of, of uh, the Eastern league. And, you know, I think you can make a case if you wanted to, that Dahl, like if someone were to trade JP Crawford for David Dahl in a dynasty league, I wouldn't, really blink on that I, I just I think you I want to see a bit more from Dahl I mean this is still only five weeks of him doing this that strikeout rate's been kind of all over the place in the early going he was well above 30 percent for for a minute there and now he's down to 26.4 which is which is very manageable and that he's got that walk rate at a career high 12.4 so I love what I'm seeing of late but I just want to kind of see what he does, you know, over the next couple of months with this new sort of power first approach and, and mm. see if pitchers maybe make some adjustments and then kind of how he handles that. But yeah, I mean, 11 for 13 on stolen base attempts too, uh, really kind of showcasing what his owners have been holding him for. I mean, this is the yeah. player that we've been kind of waiting for, for the past couple of years. And I think he's finally starting to show up. Well, that's, yeah, what he's doing right now is, really really impressive and it's a situation where i'm wondering if you know you, you mentioned that the k ride is coming down and that he's emphasizing the power is there kind of a happy medium or is this kind of what you expect the rest of the way that he's gonna kind of not completely selling out but selling out to a large extent for the power i'd love it if he kept this up mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fine with the guy striking out that much if it's going to come with that kind of power and i think the rockies would be too uh, you gotta love that in that park. I mean, Dahl's a guy that I, I would have thought might have been a potential leadoff guy or or number two hitter. I mean, if he were to kind of continue down this track, we could see him as a, a number three hitter and a guy that could still steal twenty bases in a in a full season in the big leagues. So, uh, really, really kind of excited about you know. Hopefully, he can stay healthy over the the rest of the season because he has missed time in, in previous years, but. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he opens next year as a top ten prospect for dynasty leagues. Yeah, but you say here too that there's also an outside chance he could get the call this year. Well, yeah, I mean, they, you'd they, still have prospect status, of course, and yeah. Get the calls. Well, there's there's a chance. I, I think people really, a lot of people come to see these articles wanting like now help, like mm-hmm. who can I stash for my my single season league. Uh, there's a chance that if he, you know, say he does this over another three to four weeks i could see the rockies giving him a challenge and, and sending him to triple a and then at that point he might be next in line if his cargo is getting hurt moved. yeah well cargo's getting moved for one yeah cargo's getting moved uh they could even you know they could move blackman too i mm-hmm. mean it's i don't think anyone there is really safe i think they're definitely kind of embracing a, a rebuild so you could see Dahl if Dahl just kind of keeps up this pace. There's no reason to keep him down, you know. If if you've got an opening for him at the big league level and he's kind of mastered both both levels of the minors, I just think that there's you know that that'd be getting a little too far ahead of ourselves to to go out and start stashing Dahl in in mixed leagues. Yeah, somebody I'd I'd love to make a move for if I were well not rebuilding currently in SKL two staff keeper league two player I'd love to target though in staff one. Uh, just as part of the rebuild, but I know the price right now is just so high that probably unrealistic. But let's move on to a couple Indians prospects. Bradley Zimmer 
Clint Frazier both doing well down at Akron. Zimmer was seven homers and 13 steals in 17 attempts, 40 to 18, a K to walk in 127 plate appearances. He's somebody that I know some people have maybe suggested could could be up this year. He's 23, and given the situation in the Indians outfield, I mean, it's bad enough as is, but Michael Brantley's still dealing with some shoulder issues. Do you think Zimmer could be fast-tracked here? I don't think... I don't think I'd use the term fast tracked. I just think he could be up if he continues to uh, play at this at this pace. It's it's just a very. I wanted to kind of juxtapose these guys because if you had told me, if you'd showed me like these these numbers on them, I I might have guessed that they would have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. Be, especially when you factor in the the K rate. I mean Zimmerman or Zimmer is striking out at thirty seven thirty point seven percent of the time right now, which is. A career high for him and kind of goes against uh sort of what what we've kind of been hearing about him for a while whereas Frazier I thought Frazier would be possibly looking over a match at this point in his first taste of double a and I was gonna look to maybe buy low in dynasty leagues on him if that had been the case because I would have fully expected it and it would have just been part of the developmental process but instead he's kind of taken just a very business-like approach up there leads the league in doubles right now with 13 uh he's got the three homers the the three steals still on pace to go double double there and he's one of the younger players in the league you know he's got the kind of mature uh sort of refined thing going right now whereas Zimmer is just really he's kind of tweaked some things and it's it's kind of all about that the power for him right now which Mm -hmm. is kind of like Dahl where you know, you'll take that because he's still getting on base at a pretty pretty high clip, even with all the strikeouts. Uh, batting average was kind of one of the main selling points with him, um, even back to just before this season. I think this this kind of new uh, power approach, you might have to kind of tweak the batting average and up the the power projection. And you know, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if his production started to kind of mirror that of a guy like George Springer long-term mm-hmm. where you're seeing kind of a 250, 255 average, and then you're hoping to to get 2020, 20, maybe 25, 25 out of him. So, But those uh, strikeouts have to come down, right, for for that kind of average to be realistic. Uh, yeah, I, it's – but he's not, strike, he's not, he's not strike striking out. out more than like George Springer was in the minors, I though. And, and Springer's just kind of matured uh, – to the point where he is settling in at a, at a higher batting average. And I think a lot of people projected from him, this is kind of a new thing for Zimmer where he's become like the middle of the order threat. So I think it's, it's just kind of a, a process for him where I think that strikeout percentage will maybe come down a little bit, but even if it's 26, 27%, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that. Yeah, but it can't be like where it is now. Obviously. Well, it could be. You know, he's really? thirty point seven. I mean, that's not you know guess, in today's yeah, not, in today's that's game. Bad. That's I guess not going to doing the math a little wrong in my head. Yeah, that's not going to kill. You. That's not going to like <laughs> exclude you from being uh you know yeah. Chris Bryant. You know, there's, there's yeah, when you're getting on base at that clip. Yeah, absolutely. And base. he's you know six five. It's just it's really kind of exciting that he's kind of filling out that frame as a as a power guy instead of just sort of a, a lanky. Uh, kind of jack of all trades guy at the top of the order. So three hundred three ISO right now. Yeah, wow, it's pretty that's, crazy. That's pretty incredible. And with Frazier, I mean, we got a we got an up close look at him in the fall league, and you know, for a guy who's not all that tall, I mean, he's, he's stocky, but not all that tall, uh, ginger. You know, he's got a ton of swag. I mean, this is a guy who you know he got a, a poor called third strike on him, just adjusted the junk. Just strutted back to the, back to the dugout. Really, just kind of showed up the ump. Yeah, which is kind of why I thought he would struggle. I I thought that, you know the, the swag and the, uh, just self confidence. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought he'd be really trying to, do more at the plate than he is, which is really kind of a pleasant surprise like yeah, I thought that true. he would be just out here trying to embarrass pitchers but instead he's just kind of taking what they're giving him I mean at this age you know this is this is just exactly what you want to see from a guy at his first go around at double a and 
you know, that talked about those 13 doubles. I mean, that, that shows you that power is still going to be there for him and mm-hmm. he's going to grow into it a little bit, but he's not slowing down his progression. You know, this is perfect because I thought there was a scenario where maybe we'd see him spend all the year at double a, maybe even have to go back there at the beginning of the next year. But this is just, you know, he's right in line with, where he'd expect him to be right now so it's it's kind of exciting i think we'll see zimmer up in the second half of this year and we'll see frazier up uh possibly in the first half of next year thought it was interesting on your updated prospect rankings which were updated a couple weeks ago if i'm not mistaken you had these guys back to back at 23 and 24 anything changed you had zimmer ahead of frazier anything changed in the week since this went up uh maybe those guys flip-flopping or do you still like zimmer? uh i actually tweaked um I'm going to try to tweak those rankings slightly as I take deeper dives on these guys. So I actually tweaked Zimmer and put him uh, ahead of Frazier. And they, I think that they'd still been like two or three spots apart two weeks ago, but um, I think you just got to take that now value with Zimmer Mm -hmm. because honestly, like long-term, you know, what, what my projection is for Zimmer would be kind of a good scenario for Frazier as well to be that, that steals and and power guy with a batting average that's not going to win you the category but isn't going to hurt you either. I think that's what, you know, Zimmer's clearly showing is is part of the future package for him, and and if Frazier can get there as well, then that'd be great. So I just gave Zimmer the nod just because he's a little bit closer. But, yeah, I mean, they're both uh, easy top 30 guys for me. Let's talk about Ryan McMahon for, for a second here. Ryan McMahon, son of Vince McMahon. But, um He's at Hartford along with Dahl and 240, you know, 344 slug, not much to see there, but 339 on base, seven for seven in stolen base attempts. And uh kid's still just 21 years old. But at third base, is, is there going to be enough power there for him to be a viable corner bat in fantasy? Well, this is the only – this is the first year where that's even been a question mm-hmm. because he's had power at every other stop. Uh I still think the the body and the athleticism, I mean it's it's a projectable power hitter's body. I mean he he definitely looks the part. I'm very I wish that I could get out there and and take in a few games and just try to figure out why the power's not really showing up because that's quite surprising. I mean he does have 10 doubles, but um you know, you wonder, I mean, he's got a, his BABIP is still really high, but it's actually a career low at, at 354. And that makes you wonder if maybe he had been slightly overrated coming into this year, just because he just, you know, maybe the, the levels weren't giving him the type of challenge. Maybe he's the guy that's having the, the struggles that I thought Frazier might have in terms of adjusting the double A pitching the first time around uh seven for seven in, on steals though which is you know if you just saw his stat line you would not have you know that i would have thought maybe this was like Ramel tapia's stat line or something like that i mean this is more than he had all of last year right yeah the fact that he's the speed's there and the power's not there that it just doesn't really add up with what we're used to so i, I would just say check back on him in a, in a month and just kind of see if the powers started to show up because We've seen prospects, you know, early in the season, a lot of guys will, you know, be doing other stuff and then the power really shows up in the summer. Uh, I could see that being the case with him and I'd, I'd even buy low. If his if his owner's starting to panic and not treating him like a top 50 prospect anymore, then I'd, I'd love to jump in and buy low on McMahon. Real quick while we're at it, can you just give us an idea, because I don't really know, what the hitting environments are like generally in the Eastern League? And they may be different now that the weather's a little colder, but... Uh, do you know how how power and really just uh, offense in general plays in the Eastern League? It plays pretty fair if you factor in the league as a whole. Um, let me see here. I think because I know I haven't really heard of there being a, a ton of like super favorable yeah, so, hitting environments like yeah, you might so, see at AAA. Um, Erie and Bowie and Harrisburg and Reading are all slightly favorable for the pitch or for the hitter. And then, you know, they're all kind of mostly neutral, but then uh, Portland, Richmond, uh, Trenton are, are typically skewed towards the, the pitching side. It's 
it's just it's not a league that you really have to factor that in too much mm-hmm. uh with and, and which is nice for evaluating talent because mm-hmm. um yeah it, it definitely it's one of the more neutral leagues in the minors yeah thanks i i just wanted to get an idea because you know you see all those caveats with the pcl just wanted to be sure there's nothing really affecting the, these numbers that we're seeing early on but let's talk about dominic smith He's an interesting prospect in the Mets system. He's at Binghamton right now. 282, 323 on base, 427 slug, three homers, uh, triple, eight doubles, uh, seven to 24 walk decay, and, and 124 plate appearances. And we expected the power to, to start showing up more and more, the gap power to turn into home run power as he advances up the minor league system. Three homers, so it's not like he's completely broken out just yet but do you still expect that uh power breakout to come pretty soon well it's just it's it's all part of the process like so he's at three homers he had six last year in 118 games so he's he's definitely improving he's 20 years old he's a double a i mean if you just look at the slash line and look at the fact that he's 20 and where he's playing and just forget about the fact that he's this big first baseman then nobody's freaking out you know everyone's pretty excited actually because this is you know he's way ahead of the game uh i still i think people are kind of sleeping on on the fact that the power you know fast forward three years from now how many home runs is he going to be hitting you yeah know, like right? once he gets to las vegas <laughs> well yeah oh, once he gets to las vegas once he kind of gets his feet wet in the big leagues I, I still think that power is going to come in, in the form of, of 20 homer power and possibly a tad more, which is, given his hit tools, really all you, you need from, from a guy like that. I mean, we've how many years in a row did we see Freddie Freeman taken in, like, the top 75 of fantasy leagues when you knew he wasn't going to hit 25 homers? We weren't doing it. No. <laughs> um, Other and, people. But, like, yeah, and, you know, I think Smith compares – I think he's very similar to Josh Bell – in that people want to ding him for his lack of power and he's three years younger than bell so and he's only one level behind him so i mean i think that there's certainly a case to be made that he's he's undervalued right now in dynasty leagues so just the fact that the hit tool is so strong um you know he i think you know people were saying he was the best hitter in the arizona fall league last year and you know i'd buy that and the hit tool is going to allow him to play mm-hmm. in the big leagues. And if the power comes around, he'll be a borderline top 100 guy. So it's it's a pretty safe profile, especially in deeper leagues right now. Yeah, absolutely. And just while we're on the topic of Bell, I think we might have talked about it a little bit last week, but you picked him up in some some mixed single-season leagues recently, did you not? I, I did, but I'm also a – hashtag buyer Uh, i've got that i've got that got that buyer profile right now so uh hey but clearly you see something there and a potential uh potentially useful option this season (laughs) i mean there's a lot of potentially useful (laughs) options as far as my team's concerned uh you know i'm the i'm anxiously awaiting to see if i can snag gary sanchez and in fab this week which which definitely means that i'm a hashtag buyer can't wait uh, for the next string of hashtag <laughs> buyer facts please. uh for I those mean, that don't look. know we're talking about our steak league where yeah. you have to buy if you finish buy a steak dinner for the top half if you finish in the bottom half. yeah look i mean in that league it's everyone's kind of it's it's trendy to stash prospects in that league now and there's really not much to pick from you know the the best big league hitters available on that waiver wire are guys who really could, you know, get DFA'd in in a matter of weeks. You know, it's not a yeah the Drew Stubbs th- type. Th- there's not there's not much to to pick from. So if I'm gonna try to grab a hitter, I'd, I'm probably gonna see which minor leaguers are available, and mm-hmm. all the obvious guys are gone, and I, I really could use a corner infielder. And Josh Bell was just kind of the obvious guy, I think. You know, if anything happens to John Jay, so with injury wise, I think Bell's getting the call, and you know, Jayso could even go on like a five week funk where he's he's not hitting that much, and then Bell could get the call too. It, it's not clear how he'll 
factor into what Pittsburgh's doing right now, but I think he's he's proven enough so far at AAA that he's he's kind of ready for that opportunity. Yeah, I, I won't hold you to your answer to this question, but you know, last year we saw Carlos Correa kind of with a surprise early promotion. I know some people were speculating that it could happen. And there's not really a prospect who's going to come up this year and make that type of impact, I don't think. But uh, any players that you see as potential uh, potential candidates for a, a bit of an earlier surprise promotion, maybe besides Bell? Um, well, yeah, Bell wouldn't even be a surprise at this yeah, point. That's true. Uh, I think Dahl qualifies. Uh, I think Dansby Swanson and Andrew Benintendi qualify there. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, again, I'm not gonna, you know, come back at the end and say, "Hey, those guys weren't called up." What the hell? But yeah, uh, I just think it's uh, those getting are, some alternative views on maybe some of these ETAs. I think those would forth. be my those would be my three guys: Dahl, uh, Swanson, and Benintendi. Nice. Well, let's talk about Rymel Tapia here. Uh, he's two is at at Hartford right now. Overall slash line doesn't look good: two thirty nine, three hundred, four hundred two. But you mentioned here that he is starting to heat up. Uh, what are you seeing from the numbers from from Tapia that that lead you uh, to maybe be optimistic or maybe a little pessimistic with him? Well, he's on pace to easily set a career high in home runs, which is encouraging. Uh, his BABIP is two forty seven, which is well below his career norms. So I think if if we were if if he was sitting there with like just his career norm in terms of Babbitt we'd be talking about a guy who was about to have his best year in the minor leagues because he'd be on pace to possibly go 2020 uh which is you know part of the reason why people own him right now is because they, they like the five category potential down the road uh the home runs do jump out because I mean you you've seen him I mean he just he doesn't look like a guy that that's gonna hit 20 homers in a season really anywhere but He's really good at barreling the ball and he's got quick wrists and, you know, it might not be 20 homer power in the big leagues, but you know, the fact that he's doing this right now, I think does kind of lend some hope to him being a a 15 homer guy on a pretty regular basis, which if you throw that with the speed and the uh, hit tool could be pretty special. Uh, Definitely still some bust potential with him given the the frame, but uh, I'm still buying him as a top 75 guy. Yeah, he was definitely a guy that, you know, kind of discouraged me a little bit seeing him in the fall league just because of the slide frame. Just didn't look like a major leaguer. And the two-strike approach was concerning, but uh, still not a finished product, obviously. There's, there's uh, you know, you, you sand the edges a little bit, and he could be a, a pretty useful major leaguer. And, of course, the team home part context helps him out quite a bit we're not going to get to all the players you listed here definitely check out james's full piece for yourself go to wire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial no credit card required no strings attached but there is one player i wanted to ask you about uh, before we move on to the the final portion of, of the podcast rowdy telez we saw him in the fall league too but uh, and he's a big boy he he kind of opposite of top he really kind of has that that build and that look of a major leaguer, but off to a really poor start so far in the Eastern League. 143, 299, 275. How much is his stock falling in your eyes, James? I'm not panicking too much right now because he's got a 149 Babbitt, so I don't know. I, I haven't seen him in person. I don't know how much of that is due to some weak contact, but it's obviously when it's when it's that low that it's obviously responsible for quite a bit you know I, I think he's someone that I thought had a, a really high floor and, and might move kind of quickly and, and be ready to be their everyday first baseman next year assuming they don't resign Edwin Encarnacion but uh yeah it's not it's not gone his way so far at double a and who who knows if he'll turn it around, I, I'm not willing to, to sell low on him. I mean, I think if you were selling him right now, you, you're going to get 50 cents on the dollar maybe, and that's that's just not good enough for me. So, The Walker case suggests the plate skills are right. reasonable. Yeah, it's just a really funky slash line. Mm-hmm. Uh, power hasn't really quite been there the way I thought it would be either. But I, I still think you got to ride it out with him. Another guy where I would just say check back 
five, six weeks down the road, sort of see where things are. And you should know, it's good to know that he got off to this slow start because people might kind of forget that at the end of the year mm-hmm. and then look at his, his full season numbers and just kind of be underwhelmed. But knowing that he's sitting at 143 in mid-May, you know, if he finishes the year sitting at like 250, 260, that's going to tell you something about the way he the way he finished. So uh, just, a, just a guy that, yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't read too much into anything just yet. I think it's it's a new level. You know, sometimes it takes guys longer to get adjusted. Uh, but yeah, he's obviously if you're Tellez owner, you're there's nothing I can really say to kind of <laughs> calm yeah. you down. You're you're certainly there's nothing you can do. You're certainly worried, and, and I don't I don't blame you. I mean, you definitely can't really use him as a commodity in a trade right now. So it, it's just kind of a, a waiting game with him. Um, yeah. One more guy I just want to touch on before we grade out uh, future, our rapper. Future Hendricks. <laughs> before, we, before we grade out future. Uh, Dylan Cousins for the Phillies. Uh, he's you know behind Dahl probably having the biggest breakout year in terms of hitters in the Eastern League. Uh, the guy that, you know, he's been on the radar for a while, but the, the production hasn't quite matched the tools. You know, every everyone kind of looks at him as a guy with with big raw power hasn't gotten it really into games in a meaningful way had 16 homers back at at low a in 2014 but you know that's over a full season wasn't hitting hitting a ton hit just 248 that year now he's already got eight homers at double a and 31 games to go with seven steals he's been pretty effective on the bases walk rate is almost double what it was last year for him so he's doing a lot of things really well and you know getting on base at a 361 clip even if even if the power kind of trails off and he finishes with like 20 25 homers really impressed by what he's doing and he's young for the level I mean he he turns 22 at the end of the month so uh, this is kind of right where he should be as a notable hitting prospect and you know looking at their organizational depth chart he could be their right fielder of the future it's interesting definitely a guy who wasn't really firmly uh on my radar quite honestly but now definitely is in light of what he's doing right now guys a quick word from our sponsor do you need a website why not do it yourself with wix.com no matter what business you're in wix.com has something for you Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business? It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. Before we move on to I just want to ask you, um, with the Rays keeping Matt Andres in the in the rotation, can you give some maybe s- some some level headed words for those owners maybe thinking about dropping Blake Snell? Uh, <clears throat> well, it, it you know I I don't know it, it's kind of yeah, I guess it, de- I, <laughs> it depends on league, I could but. I could see a scenario where I would drop him like hmm. if it's a ten teamer um, okay yeah and ten I really team. need to get really need to get some production. Uh, twelve team non keeper. It, it would depend who's out there, but you know, look, he's he's walking too many guys at AAA right now. Uh, that walk rate's higher than it's been since he was at Low A in twenty thirteen, and that was the big improvement last year. Right. Uh, I think I think players are honestly. I mean, we when you watched that that one big league start he had. He wasn't really filling up the zone. Mm-hmm. He was just the stuff was just so nasty. He was getting people to chase and uh, people to lay off. You know, people basically just up there guessing. 
uh, laying off when he when he did hit the zone. I think minor league hitters are, are forcing him, or at least doing their best. Some of those wily minor leaguers roaming around at AAA are doing their best to force him to flood the zone with strikes because they know that they can't really do much against him. Yeah. Um, and he needs to work on that. You know, I think, no, I that's, think that's fair. That's a trait that big league hitters will exploit immediately as soon as the book's out. So I I get it. I mean, Andres, to his credit, he earned that. I mean, he, he was he, good. He was pitching really well at, at AAA himself. So uh, it's not I, – I don't fault the Rays really for what they're doing. I, th- I think you're still going to get at least 10 to 12 starts out of Snell in the big leagues this year if you hold him, whether or not that's enough – for you to personally justify doing that, it's mm-hmm. kind of your call. But uh, I guess it's because I'm not in it many ten or twelve teamers, uh, not faced with that. I'm thinking more like fifteen in, in AL only. But at the same time, I mean, uh, I, no, get, I definitely can see it in leagues from. that size. Like you, I, you shouldn't need me to tell you anything. I mean, you should yeah. just know. You should know that <laughs> looking on that waiver wire that there's there's not it's just discouraged. A better, not yeah, out. for sure. I mean, if you want to get discouraged about a guy. Uh, Lucas, yes, we G- all want <laughs> Lucas Giolito. Yeah. I, I don't know when he's going to be up because he's not pitching that well at all, really, right now. And, uh, you know, the control's been a big issue for him so far at double A, uh, walking way too many guys. And that's not really been the book on him at all uh, coming up the ladder. So I think if you have him stashed, even in if it's a non keeper league and it's, you know, maybe 14 teams. I'd I'd be willing to maybe move on from Giolito because they've got a guy Austin Voth at at AAA who's who's really done kind of everything in his power to to get on the Nationals radar as as the guy that they should maybe look to uh, if they do need a, a fill in in that rotation. So hmm. I I don't I think even if like say Tanner Roark or Gio Gonzalez suffers a season ending injury today, I'm not sure we see Giolito till the second half. So. Huh. Uh, he's nice. a guy that I'd be a bit more concerned about than Snell. Well, that is interesting. I know, of course, you're still high on him long term, but yeah, single season, that's definitely something to consider with Giolito. But that'll do it for the prospect portion of the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. We are going to grade out future Hendricks, uh, future on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. Grade out the five tools we've established for evaluating hip hop artists lyricism, flow, longevity impact and swag then we'll give an overall grade and look i I crap on a lot of new age hip-hop artists but future is one of the few uh newer artists that i i really can get behind (laughs) yeah no yeah you you hate you hate the new age uh unless it's unless it's something new like a 30 36 year old guy like just trying to just trying to make his his alimony payments. You've given me the Matheny <laughs> comp sticking by my vets, and that's how I that's how I play the hip hop. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but let me say this: we'll start with lyricism, and again, twenty to eighty scouting scale. Uh, get familiar with that if you if you don't know. But I got a forty five for lyricism, and it's because I think people uh, sleep on the lyrics a little bit just because they can't understand them. He <laughs> is kind of hard to understand, but if you understand the lyrics, pretty good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just so... He's not touching on many important topics or <laughs> no. saying anything profound. No. But the lyrics, the no. rhyme schemes are decent. Yeah, I think uh, the the lyrics are... He's he's really funny. Like, I think yeah. I think if, like, you know, if you want to factor comedy in into some of this, uh, he's got some really, really witty lines. Uh, I just don't think... Like, I don't personally, when I listen to future, like I'm not going for the, the lyrics at all, really. I'm kind of going for just the, the vibe and the sound that he kind of brings. I mean, it's, it's the March Madness lyrics are an example of him. Maybe actually saying something like providing some commentary on some issues and, and doing well in that regard, but that's not, yeah, that's not why you go to future. Right. I I gave him a 35. That might've been. A little light. Uh, I'll bump that up to a forty. Um, you know, he yeah he he does have some some lines that stick with you for sure. It's mm-hmm. not. It's definitely not a lyricism. Is not why he's in the game. Yeah, though. not a plus tool, but I think it's uh, definitely not a major hindrance to his game either. But flow, I got an eighty flow. 
Look, I, I think I've given out an 80. I gave an 80 flow to Biggie. Uh, I think that's the only other. Uh, I gave an 80 flow to Slick Rick, too. And a little Wayne. I've been a little generous with that. But look, future, <laughs> in terms of what he's doing in today's hip-hop game, I don't think anybody can touch him among that new crop in terms of flow. Yeah, I, I would I would probably put ASAP Rocky up there, but uh, flow for me, I gave him a 75. I'm kind of in the same boat with you in terms of that being a big-time carrying tool for him. He's, I mean, his voice, too, that kind of factors in here. Right. Voice is like, it sounds auto-tuned, but it's really not. It just has that kind of unique voice. Yeah, he's... Uh, it's it's just very unique. It's it's kind of a he's talking. It's like you can't really tell. Is he talking? Is he rapping? Like it's kind of the same thing for him. Uh, sort of the same way that like kind of Mace, you know, like uh, he's technically rapping, but he's also just kind of speaking the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But he's it's just a future flow where like he can do that. Like you can't do that. Don't try this at home. Uh, he can get away with it. But like it's just very very unique to him. And doesn't take you. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to bite his flow already, just oh, kind that, of over the yeah. past like calendar designer year. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, designer, young thug. I think uh, probably trying to bite that flow a little bit too. Uh, but you, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of a kind. Really like the the <laughs> lyric and blow a bag where he's, I got my name from poverty, <laughs> and uh, something about. For sure, for sure. My granddad was living. I know he'd be proud of me. But no, I really like Future's flow quite a bit. But let's talk about longevity. And this one's really, really tough to grade because he's kind of still in that that prime window. You know, that a lot of these mm-hmm. artists we've graded, that, that window's closed long ago. So I gave him a 40, just kind of, yeah, same, so did you, just kind of putting it in there to, to plug in until we, we know more. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen this play before and it ends with him kind of falling off in about a year mm-hmm. like I, I i don't think he's going to be one of those guys that is that you're that you're just constantly awaiting each of his new releases like for a decade mm-hmm. i think it's more going to be kind of a short-lived thing for him which i mean there's nothing wrong with that i mean he's pumping out yeah ton of mixtapes ton, ton of ton of material i mean he's got He's got four kids by four women. I mean, that's that's a lot of checks that you gotta you gotta send <laughs> yeah, at the do. end of every month. So I mean, I there's a reason why he's pumping out content like it's it's nobody's business, and I, I just don't see the the longevity holding up uh, mm. for more than like another eighteen months or so for him. So I give him. A I think he's got quite a bit of like mu- just musical talent, you know, rapping ability aside. But I, I'm with you that. Uh, this is going to be, especially at this pace, definitely going to be hard to sustain for him. Impact, kind of in the same boat, but because of all the uh, copycats, really, to the future to this point, I'm going to give a 45 just because it's clear and given his popularity that he is having an impact on pop culture. Yeah, I give him a 40. I just don't really know if we – I think it's too soon to say what his impact is. I mean, the guys that are kind of biting him – are bad so it's not like he's it's not like <laughs> he's fair it's not like he's leading to quality music uh being created so uh, i gave him a 40 for impact there and swag i got a 65 you got a 70 both high marks and y- you mentioned um him getting around quite a bit and of course the highly publicized relationship with sierra who's now dating russell wilson and uh the the reason I'm dinging the swag, I mean he's a, he's a swaggy guy. Don't get me wrong, and you know I like the look with the, the dreads and the glasses and whatnot. Uh, but taking off some swag points for a lot of kind of before he really got back to the the trap roots, mm-hmm. him getting commercial, really commercial with songs with like Kelly Rowland's, a lot of love songs sure. that I really wasn't feeling. I I took some points off. Um, how how old do you think he is? Huh, that's a good question. I wouldn't say I'd say he's probably younger than me, probably like twenty six, twenty seven. Yes, you would you would think so, wouldn't you? But <laughs> he's actually thirty two. Wow, really? And I think I ding him a little bit for 
trying to act too much like he's like he he kind of tries to come at you with like like he's like a 25 26 year old kind of he's kind of like that guy that you know is hanging out um you know at like the the local bar in like the hometown who's like six years older than like everybody Mm -hmm. else that's also there uh i mean he's still you know he's 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 rapping about like percocets and stuff like like he's like like he's with it and stuff it's like dude you're 32 man like you should be your heart can't <laughs> handle that too much chill out man it's a, it's a young man's game uh <laughs> yeah i didn't that's surprising i didn't realize but that. uh even with that set i gave him uh 70 because yeah. uh he's just got a cra- crazy amount of swag on up. the the lyrical side of things i love that story about how the Seahawks, like the Seahawks have like a DJ at their practices, you know, playing, yes. playing tunes and, uh, they weren't, he wasn't allowed to play future because mm-hmm. of the, yeah, like the teammates, you know. like Russell Wilson's teammates really wanted future. Yeah. To be played, yeah they really they wanted future to be played, but it could not be played. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, a, that's a good mark in his favor for swag too, is that, you know, we, we hear a lot how you know athletes want to be rappers, rappers want to be athletes, uh, but all the athletes seem to love Future. There's oh, yeah. that vine of LeBron singing March Madness. Cam Newton loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think a lot of people see the swag and, and respect it. Uh, but thanks, James. Thanks for listening, guys. That'll do it for us. Spore and Zola with you tomorrow. is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.